Well, hey there, podcast listeners. Today we're talking about playing the comparison game with your kids, and this is going to be a fun one uh, because we are going to be talking about how we were compared when we were kids, and now that we're parents, how we either do it or try not to do it. So I'm here with Tracy, and we've got on the phone our good friends, Chad and Angie Faulkner. So guys, thanks for joining us. And why don't we start with this? Um, let's just let's talk about how many siblings we had, and let's kind of unpack this topic first of all, um, talking about how much damage was done to us as children growing up. Uh, so I I had um, I had uh, an older brother, a twin brother, mm-hmm. and two younger sisters. I have, I should say. Mm-hmm. Tracy, what about you? I had one older sister. Okay, so and then uh, Angie, that's your story too, right? Yep, I have one older sister. And Chad, you're going to represent all of the single singlets. <laughs> yeah, the the only the only lonely children, right, Chad? The golden right. children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's good. I think we re- we've got all the bases covered here. We've got twins, we've got sisters, we've got brothers, and we've got a we've got an only child, so we can cover all the bases. Tracy, why don't we just start with you um, from the vantage point of counseling psychology? Uh, is it a good idea? To compare our kids to one another? No. In fact, you started this whole podcast with the wrong title. You said playing the comparison game. It should be don't mm. play the, the comparison game. Because, because, mm. I'm, I'm joking, but it's it does a lot of damage, I think, because I can speak for me, having an older sister who was pretty fantastic, um, I was always, I came into the world as a second born already mm feeling like there's already been a standard set and I'm trying to catch up to that standard my mm-hmm. whole life. Um, and so when I felt like my parents were comparing me to her or if a coach or a friend mm-hmm. or a teacher, it just was put me in a full on panic. Mm. I don't know, Angie, how did you feel with an older sister? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were three years apart and at that time in life, it was, you know, definitely a three year middle school, high school situation. So we were never in the same school at the same time, but mm. the second I got where she had just left, absolutely. It was teachers, coaches, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think even, you know, my parents and family and everybody would kind of ask the same questions, you know, are, are you just like your sister kind of, right. like, exactly. are you play sports? Do you, are you fast? Are you, right. you know, do you want to be a cheerleader? Just all those same kinds of comparison questions. And, and I was really none of those things. And so you, you feel like you're just, you, you can't really answer the question. You feel like you've come up short. Right. And you know, you, yeah, it's just a, it's kind of an empty feeling of, well, yeah, I'm none of those things, but you didn't ask me who, who, what I like to do. Right. Exactly. It's just quickly. Are you like your sister, your sister, you know? Right. So, so Angie, for you, did it cause you to, to try to compete in some of those areas or did it push you away from that? You know, I, I, I mean, I tried, um, but of course, because those weren't my gifts, I quickly failed. Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was easy to, <laughs> I could run for a long time, but I couldn't run fast. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just all these different little things. It's like I would quickly come up short. So, um, yeah. And I think over time in high school, I think you start to change and see things about yourself and love those things about yourself. But prior to that, I think your, your, the comparison game is, it's, it weighs in pretty heavily. Right. Um, when you're little, you want to be like your big sister. There's something that's 
you know, you, you adore her. You want to, you want to be like her. She was amazing. Why wouldn't I want to be like her? And then you realize, well, I'm, I'm not capable of those things. God didn't give me those talents and gifts. And, you know, I wasn't born with that. I'm different. Right. So you kind of have to now navigate and figure it out on your own. And right. And it's not always easy. I, you know, as like, as a kid, so, right. um, so, I don't know that my parents, you know, would steer me in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they would just be sporty, be try hard in school. You know, your sister got these grades or mm. whatever it might be. It just, it sort of fell into every Avenue. I felt like for a yeah. very long time. And well, I feel like for you, Brian, yeah. I'm interested to hear because as an identical twin, I, I cannot imagine. I mean, Angie, you had three years. I had two years span of time. So there was some excuse that I had, like I'm not as old as mm-hmm. my sister or as mature. Mm-hmm. But what was that like to have a twin brother? Well, it's interesting because, Angie, you're you're saying that you were so different from your sister. For for my twin brother mm-hmm. and I, we, we are very similar. Yeah. We're both... You know, we both played the same sports. We were both in the same classes. Um, we So we were competing. I don't know. It's interesting. I guess I've never thought about it, Angie, when you just shared that. I thought, well, yeah, we we were kind of competing kind of neck and neck. Absolutely. From the time we were born. I mean, I made it out of the womb first, so I won that one. Um, but, <laughs> but then later on, um, you know, you know, as we went, you know, he, I would say that he was a better athlete than I was in most respects. But I think I worked harder than he did mm-hmm. at sports, which would probably made it mm-hmm. more frustrating for me that I worked hard. He was more of a power hitter. I was more. He was a righty batter. I was a lefty. I don't know if I did that just to, to find what. Yeah, to be different. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, so we were always pushing each other. We were in sports, in in school, in everything. But it was almost worse on my older brother, who's only eighteen months older. That he had to compare himself from the from the time we were born with his cute, you know, right. baby twin, twin brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think that was harder, probably even harder on him. Yeah, Chad, I'd be interested to know as an only child, did you ever did you feel pressure or comparison maybe to other people, or or was that just kind of lost on you altogether? You know, I'm listening to you guys talk, and I, I can relate to different things, but through different avenues, um, not necessarily, you know, I I didn't probably have the day to day deal, like even having our two girls now and just how we're all so intertwined. And, uh, there's just always that, but you know, my parents, they had friends and their Mm -hmm. friends or kids were always doing something and I would hear about it and those kinds of things. So I got it to some degree, but I don't think to the level that you guys could all can. Yeah. But I think you, maybe you had, in some respects, you might have had it worse because you had all the pressure on you, right, right. Chad, as the only child. Um, oh gosh! So in some, in some yeah, sense, yeah, there was expectations for sure. Yeah, yeah, that the and, and it was all it was all directed toward you. Whereas for us, we, you know, the attention of our parents was split between us and our siblings at least a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. if you know, Tracy, you you had someone to blame it on if you, if you, if something went wrong in the house, right. right? And and Angie, you know, whatever. (laughs) But Chad, it was, you couldn't point your finger at your little brother, right? (laughs) Well, I think. All eyes were on you. Yeah. Yeah. Always holding the smoking gun. Yeah. There's no way around it. (laughs) Well, I think it'd be good to talk for a few minutes about why we think um, parents tend to play the comparison game. So let's talk for a few minutes from our own experience, but then we're going to transition to how we've tried to guard against that probably and hopefully in our own parenting. 
But um, mm-hmm. to me, one of the main things that I see with parents who who play the comparison game, who do kind of pinpoint one child doing something better than another is because they think they're trying to motivate mm-hmm. the, the one who's maybe lacking in some area. Um, like mm-hmm. for me growing up, my sister was always, she was a very good student and she was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And I think even though... I knew in my heart, like I was smart enough and capable enough. I felt like in some ways, I think I sabotaged myself and didn't try maybe as hard as I knew I could or made excuses for why I didn't make more effort in certain things because I then could in my own heart say, well, I didn't go 100%. So that's why my sister was better than me or she was more successful than me in that. Um, And so then Mm -hmm. my parents would try and, 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 and they didn't do that in an unloving way. Um, but they would just kind of pinpoint, well, gosh, your sister's doing this and this and this, don't you want to do better in this? And what that spoke to me was not really motivational. It was you're failing and you're not as good. So you need to buck up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do, how would you guys say you've seen that play I, out? I felt like I dealt with the same exact scenario in our home. I mean, it was, and a lot of times it was, it would come almost as a compliment to one of you in mm. front of the other right as she's so good at memorizing mm. or whatever the task may have been it just comes so easy to her you know it, and it can kind of come as a compliment and then the other just immediately feels yes you know shy of that well you know you didn't say that about me so I must not be good at that right that's a great point and so I, I think you know just giving compliments sometimes can tear the the opposite down. Okay, so I Which was just going to bring I don't know that a parent yeah. Yeah, Angie, I was just going to bring this up cuz I know with your your so you have two girls, we have a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's even harder for you guys cuz they're oh, going to yeah. compare themselves to each other. So Angie, for they you do. knowing knowing how that felt when you were young, does does are you different about how you praise or compliment your kids? Mm-hmm. Right I, because I don't think I the answer is don't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard because you want to be, you know, their biggest cheerleader, their mm-hmm. biggest fan, and you want their sibling to be that for them as well. So mm-hmm. if you're modeling that, mm-hmm. you know, by praising them and lifting them up and, you know, getting excited for them when they do well or, you know, pointing out something that they're amazing at. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to both embrace that for each other. And mm-hmm. that's the conversation that we typically ha- will have. It's like, now don't feel like I'm, because I'm not saying that to you, it's not because you're not great at 5 million things yourself. It's mm-hmm. just right now, let's be excited for this one person and, you know, just be happy for your sister. And yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be a you're less than because I'm not saying that, you know, this isn't your gift or you're not as good at that. Right. Angie, I, I think that's it, a good, you, you might never be, and you might be great at that someday, but right, for right now it's like, she just got a blue ribbon on, whatever award here, you know, so let's just be excited for her and compliment her. And that was, it's a gift. I think that's a great thing for parents to think about that. In it's not to say that you can't compliment or praise a child for their accomplishments in front of the other kids. To your point, Angie, I think that's great to celebrate things together as a family. But I do think it's probably good for parents to be mindful of celebrate the individuality of each of your kids and what they're good at and make sure that you are uh, conscious of 
celebrating and complimenting all of your kids in whatever areas. For some, it oh, may not yeah. be they got yeah. the blue ribbon because maybe they don't want to compete in a sport or in a competition, but they might be a really good reader or something. Mm -hmm. So just always looking exactly. for ways to find, to celebrate the, the balance. Yes. To celebrate the individual mm -hmm. strengths that each of your kids have. Yeah. And I would also say mm -hmm. for parents listening to this, um, that I, like you're saying, Angie, it's a, it's a teaching moment to, to sort of pay attention to the kid you're not praising and the reaction of the kid, mm -hmm. you know, cause maybe some mm -hmm. kids are like, yeah, that's great. You know, maybe they're fine with it or whatever, but it is an opportunity yeah. to do a teaching moment. And even just to sit down with that other kid who might be struggling internally and not sharing it with you and just say, Hey, how did, how did you feel about that? Cause I remember when I was a kid, when my sister, you know, when my brother got praise, it was hard for me cause I felt like I was, so even just opening up that conversation, being vulnerable about how it felt when you were younger mm -hmm. and you were in that situation. Mm -hmm. Cause I think the wrong approach would be to just, you know, not, not praise a kid or praise a kid, but then just not address it with the other kid mm -hmm. ever. Cause you're not sure what to say about mm -hmm. it. I think communication well, yeah, is, and only praise that. Yeah. One when the other isn't there or something like just, you know, trying to be protective yeah. of the other. And I just don't think that's the yeah. right way to go about yeah, it. Yeah. It's not, it's not helpful. It's not, it's not authentic. Right. You know, you're not, you don't have, you mm -hmm. don't have those teaching moments for the other kid. I like what you said, Angie, like, Hey, let's celebrate. This is, this is her day. This is her thing. Like, let's be excited for each other. We're a family. You mm -hmm. know, we cheer mm -hmm. each other on. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think one more thing for people just to keep in mind that um, the comparison game, the danger of that is every kid has a different personality, things like your birth order, your sex, uh, the number of years mm -hmm. separating each sibling. Those are all factors that play into things that kind of leave imprints on our personalities. Mm -hmm. And so it's just mm -hmm. really important to just realize that even though there is always inevitably going to be some comparison, that you really need to treat each of your kids as as their own person. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chad, for you, I imagine growing up in a home where your parents could just focus on you. Did they, did you feel loved and praised and encouraged? Oh yeah. I think, I think they did a really good job of that actually. And honestly just, and, and being pretty quick to say, Hey, you're out of line here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they did a good job on a lot of that stuff. Um, and I, you know, getting to the point with what you guys were just talking about with the two girls, and, and, and I think I really like it that we can kind of do both uh, because if you always, you know, once in a while I felt like, Oh, I might be, I've caught myself. Like say, for example, we're in volleyball and that's just the sport we have right now. It can be pretty easy to, to focus on that mm. and to be, she gets more of the attention in that right. regard. And I think Angie and I just even talked recently said, Oh, you know, I'm going to circle back around the wagons and, mm. and, uh, and, you know, cause Julie is up there drawing and doing art and things like that. And right. I, I think that both, it's good. For them. I totally agree with Angie and both of you that it's good to do it in front of them. And then, and then that, you know, it's equally shared as a family that because it's, we're too, we're, we're around each other too much. It's, if you're always waiting for that chance, you're never going to get it. Mm. it, it Right. It's a, a, you know, one, one situation. They don't come around as often as they might. So anyway, not to go back on that. I just was. Yeah. No, that's good. On point with that. Right. But yeah, back to, you know, to my situation, it's, geez, it's been so long, Tracy. I barely remember it anyway. <laughs> well, I know you were loved. I know your parents and they did a good job. So. Well, and I, you know, it's interesting. Would you, would your kids, would your girls say that uh, one of them is your favorite, Chad? Oh gosh, I'm gonna let Angie ask that. Yeah. I don't think 
Angie, so, what, what would uh, you say, Ange? You know, I I think they both have had sort of insecure moments along the way mm -hmm. that maybe there have been times that they would have wanted to say that. But I think if you asked them today, I, I don't think they would. Mm -hmm. I, I think there may be moments. I don't know. You know, I, I hate to say that, but I think there are moments when kids probably feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't joke about it. Based or... on their own securities or insecurities, mm -hmm. just, you know, where they are in life. I, I think when they're feeling really secure and confident and they hung the moon, I think that, you know, they think their parents, you know, think that about them mm. and, and I'm probably their favorite right now. Kind of, you know, right. I think it just goes with the ebbs and flows of their development and growth right. and maturity. And, um, but ultimately I think day in and day out, no, I don't think we, show or literally live out any sort of favoritism That's at least good. in our home i don't think we do i would love for you to ask our girls that <laughs> we private, will that'll be a good question well, good, well, yeah. that, well we brought yeah, them on yeah. the phone on the yeah. call and right here now. They are. here they are no we but you know what it's official <laughs> that you guys are better parents than we are because our kids both are in agreement that what trace who's who's the well, favorite I've, it's changed in recent years but it used to be that Kenzie was your favorite and AJ was my favorite. Yep. And now Kenzie says she's the favorite of both of ours and AJ gets no one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love it. Remind which me not, not to let true, AJ listen to this podcast. Which is not true. But listen, I want to get to one other point. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, do you think it has anything to do with like we go through these ebbs and flows like Angie was talking of when one is needing more correction, maybe in our view, like, oh, yeah, like maybe last year, Julia sure. was, you know, crying us a little harder and she maybe felt a little more picked on where oh, maybe yeah. now Ellie, I think we're kind of a little bit. So I just don't know if that has something to do with it. But yeah, I, I yeah. think and it's up for us. I don't know if you guys see this dynamic, but Kenzie has a lot of my personality. So I think I yeah, you understand her more. Yes. And I, I understand AJ more because he's more like me. That's right. Yeah. So I think that's part of the issue. And, and plus, it's a boy and a girl. So I, I treat a boy differently than, right. a, than a girl. But I think there are a lot of different factors. But I think it does, it does relate to this topic of them comparing themselves to each other. Like, oh, dad loves you more than he loves me. Or mm -hmm. mom loves you more than she loves me. And, you know, we, it's funny now. They're old enough now that we talk pretty openly about it. And, you know, we, again, our, our policy is like, talk about everything you possibly can. So there are little things that they'll, it's like a joke between the two of them. Like Kenzie, will, I'll say something to AJ and then I'll say something to Kenzie and they'll look at each other and laugh. Like, like I had a different tone with AJ than I did with Kenzie. Mm. And so, you know, what, again, what I've just learned to do is say, Hey, Ken's tell me it is, what is that about? Help me to, you know, help me to become more aware I want to be the dad that I need to be to both of you, you know, and I, so I, I open myself up to instruction from my kids so that I, so that I can, you know, understand when they're playing the comparison game and try to be aware of that and not play into that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, for Angie, for you, if how, how, how different that might've been if your parents were maybe clued into that and said, Hey, let's sit down. How can we, she, you know, sister gets a lot of attention in these areas. How can we be sensitive to that? Mm-hmm. 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 Well, and I think, you know, as an adult, you look back and you, you see things that maybe they were encouraging me. Um, and I didn't necessarily see it in the moment. It was subtle. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think they you know they did a decent job. I mean, maybe they don't have quite the tools or the time. Both my parents worked, um, so they probably had a little bit different dynamic than than what we have. I feel like I'm sometimes maybe hopefully not a helicopter parent, but I'm more involved and um, maybe a little bit more invested daily right. with what right. our girls are doing in the dynamic. And I'm definitely sensitive having a sister and mm-hmm. my mom's household was 10 kids. It was chaotic. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was just survival of the fittest in her house. So right. she's lucky to come out, you know, a normal yeah, person of that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we all, you have to. <laughs> Chad, do you have something to say? We can, you... Tools we have, but like you said, to ask how to be better from our kids. And it's interesting to take that they'll, Right. Yeah. Yeah. They'll give their opinions and they'll help us be better as well. That's good. Okay. I want to finish this part uh, with just one more thing. I don't know if any of us relate to this as much or not, but another reason why parents tend to play the comparison game is that they're trying to protect their own reputation. So if you have one kid who's like the shining star who makes you look good parent, and then you have another child who's kind of a problem child and maybe gets in trouble more or teachers get frustrated with. And then we start comparing because we don't want to look bad as parents. How, how prevalent do you think that mindset is? I, I definitely see and hear a lot of that from Mm -hmm. other parents at school um, and different friends and Mm -hmm. just some of those more um, just sort of those unguarded conversations that sometimes you have. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, you feel bad for, you know, the, the parent in a way that they're sort of making an excuse, mm-hmm. um, for one child and building up the other. And I, I don't, it, it hurts my heart every time I hear I that happen. Um, but it happens a lot. And, it, and what's, what do you see as the I end know, result? I hope that I've never what do you guys know? What do you notice as the result in those situations that you're talking about? The kid that struggles, how, how do they fare in that scenario with parents, you know, making excuses or showing disappointment? Well, I think they're, they're sort of grasping for other things mm-hmm. um, that I'm noticing to sort of fulfill whatever that, uh, you know, emptiness is right. or whatever they're not receiving that from their parents that, you know, affirmation and they start to maybe believe it themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think quite often it comes out jokingly right in front of the kids or in front of other people. But it's, it's, I just know that that's got to hurt to, you know, sort of be put in that place as this is our troubled child. Right. And you know what, this this is is what's, you know, this is what's crazy is kids pick up on that and they will meet the expectation that they feel is placed on them. So if one if one of your kids mm-hmm. is kind of is more um, challenging for you and you kind of play into that dynamic and you're comparing to the kid that does better, it's like that kid has then lack of motivation to try to be something other than what they think you already think of them. And so they just take on mm-hmm. the problem child and they just kind of, that becomes their identity and the way they get attention is by negative attention because they can't get it from the positive. And so I would just mm-hmm. really encourage parents, you know, the whole comparison game is just a bad idea. First, because your kids are each so individual and we should celebrate their individual traits and accomplishments, but also to recognize as parents, 
we should not parent out of insecurity and we should not place pressure on our kids or uh, be more worried about the way we look and our reputation than guarding and growing and nurturing each of our kids. Okay. You, you, that one kind of, I kind of internalize that a little bit because I've had to check myself and Brian, you know, like with men's group or something in your, you want to do a good job in a lot of the areas of your life, raising kids, work, whatever it is. And, and sometimes I do feel like that. Am I, am I um, more conscientious because how oh, this is going to make me look, you know, mm -hmm. I just had to have that. Mm -hmm. Right. When you said that, that video, I really, I thought about that. I was right. like, yeah, but there's times, I think Brian and I, we've talked about this. So there's times where, you know, I just got to check my motivation sometimes. Right. So that's good. You know, I thought that was a great point because good. I think I've seen Absolutely. it. I've definitely yeah. seen it in other parents for sure. And I know it's there with me too. If I, you know, if I'm not careful. Yeah, and I would say to any any parents out there listening, this is a this is a tough one, but you've got to be honest with yourself about this. Like check your own motives, check your own heart, look in the mirror. You know, I would say even just talk about this particular topic with your spouse and be honest with each other and say, you know, there's some really good questions on this on the site around this topic, but you know, do we do we do this? When's the last time we compared our kids? When did we make a passive aggressive comment that was really trying to dig, dig at one of them or compare or whatever and, and say, what is my motivation? What is, behind, what is, it, what is it about how I'm trying to make myself look uh, you know, when I think about this? Because I think that's just really, dis, I mean, if I can say it, it's dysfunctional parenting to parent out of those kinds of motives. Our parenting should be for the, for the ultimate good of our kids. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so parenting with that kind of motive is, is just, it's just, I mean, it doesn't make you a horrible person, but I think it, it's a good opportunity to just look and say, let's admit where I'm doing this and I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, I'm going to vow to not do this anymore. Yeah. So I just wanted to look at a couple, uh, verses that speak to some things about parenting in Colossians three twenty one, it says, fathers don't aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. I think that's a pretty fitting verse for us and what we're talking about today that whether it's the comparison game, whether it's just being critical of our kids, like let's not aggravate or exasperate them is, is the word used in other translations. And let's not discourage our kids. I don't, I think for most of us as parents, that's not our goal. We don't want to be discouraging, but yet we just sometimes in our own frustration or a loss of what to do, we, we go to the criticism, we go to the comparison, trying to shake our kids to do what we want them to do. Um, and I just think we really need to avoid that. Well, so Chad, I actually wanted to just, you know, ask for your comment on this, because I know you lead a group of uh, your men's group, you've got a bunch of dads, a bunch of guys that get around the table every Friday morning and talk about topics like this. Um, and you, you just have a really, I think, tender heart toward your kids, maybe, maybe, I would say more tender toward your kids than I've seen in most men. Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of men are, are not, they're not really approaching their kids with uh with just love and a desire to see them you know um succeed in every way i don't know i mean what for you chad where do you think that comes from that you really a verse like this where you don't want to aggravate your children uh in your own life where do you think that comes from so that maybe some other dads can get a hold of some of that spirit oh i don't know darn it brian it's just uh i don't really know it's just i want to see the best for them and uh if anything i i it's like i feel like if any if they're getting older i think the part i'm struggling with a little bit is as of late 
you know, it's like, yeah, you know, just love them like crazy. And you see little things and you want to kind of correct them. I hope I haven't done that with Ellie even recently where I'm just like, just out of frustration because I'm not getting the result I want mm-hmm. from a, you know, just maybe an encouragement of something, the way she's handling a situation mm-hmm. and that you get that teenage kind of pushback. And, you know, so I, but I, to answer your question, I, yeah, I don't know. I just guess when we decided to have kids, if there's something that uh, I wanted to be a part of, I don't know. Yeah. But you've seen some guys in your own, in your own group that you've been mentoring and leading that, I think in there, you've had to kind of walk with them to be just a little bit more, um, just maybe a little bit more thoughtful with how they approach their kids um, instead right. of like a typical guy would, right? You're just going to kind of fly off the handle. Right. And um, and so for you, I, I didn't know for you, maybe maybe you weren't the guy to ask. Maybe Angie was the one to ask because she has a she has a seat next to you watching you do that and, and having that tender, not that you're a perfect dad, but that you have a tender heart toward your kids, toward both of them. And so that would include not playing the comparison game with them, right? I think as guys, a lot you're... of times too, you know, it's like we do our part. We think we do our part. It's going to work. And, you know, we've seen that video where he, he says, now it's time I want to throw my feet up and sit on the couch and mm-hmm. not, you know, my, my day is kind of done when, you know, there's that fourth quarter kind of thing we've kind of joked about. Mm-hmm. You got to get home. And, and especially when they were younger, help right. out Angie. You know, she's been dealing with it all day long. And, uh, you know, if we can come home with the attitude, okay, I'm, I'm not done yet. I've got to kind of get back, engage the family a little bit, and then I can be done that last little bit kind of thing. Is that is that fair? I would say that. But that's something we definitely yeah, talked I about think in our too, ministry. We all need to be better about that. I, I would say, too, mm-hmm. for you, just just knowing people, relations, my friends, their relationships, their husbands, I think you have an, you're an amazing communicator. And I think that's a gift of yours, whether it's with me, your employees, your men's group. Um, and it, and that just falls into pouring into your daughters and girls are communicators and they want to talk and you're good at that. And, and you're passionate and emotional and all of those things feed your daughter's, you know, little souls. And so I, I do think that's a, just a, just a gift that you have and, and you use it being a father. That's great. Well, and that's kind of our heart behind the resources at Pursue God, too. We really want to equip parents. We want to equip them to know how to talk to their kids. We want to equip couples to know how to talk to each other. And so you can find this topic and many others on parenting at PursueGod.org. And we encourage you to go to see this topic. You can watch the video. There's questions, like Brian said earlier. Go have this conversation with your spouse. And then maybe go have this conversation with your kids and uh, keep growing as a family.